Hello, once again, welcome to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyker. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Um, we're here. And if you're wondering why we have not had any 24-7 championship uh, changes over the past couple weeks, it's because the brain has been out of town. So, unfortunately, she shipped the belt back to us to mock us, but unfortunately, neither myself, nor Mike, nor Kyle, or anybody else that wants a shot at that beautiful championship has the opportunity to get it because M has been basically in hiding for the past couple weeks. So, yeah, it's a bunch of baloney, if you want Maybe to say Maybe we should make so. a new rule on that. Yeah, I know, right? You can only hold it for a certain amount of time if you're not willing to defend it. Yeah. All the time, right? Because I have a day job. I can't fly out and go yeah. find these people just for this dang thing, right? Uh, Sits there and mocks me. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, exactly. All right, so we've got so much to go over this week, guys. Episode 34 of the show. Um, we've got a Big Ten college football preview, and Mike's going to really give us the down and dirty on every single Big Ten team. we got some predictions that are over-under schedule, a whole bunch of good stuff there. Really, as a preview um, as a precursor to the college football season coming up here in about a month or so. We're also going to talk about the Madden ratings. We're going to do a little crossover for you video game fans. We're huge Madden fans here on the show. We figured the Madden ratings drop. We might as well talk about it and say and ask ourselves why the Lions got shortchanged. Um, <laughs> we're also going to do the Extreme Rules review. We're going to compare it to the AEW and the Evolve shows. We're going to talk about you know the results of the show and what happened there. We've got some NBA rule changes, more specifically how NBA coaches can now challenge somebody or can challenge a call which i think is going to get really crazy really fast Mm -hmm. and we're going to end the show with some ron gardenhire comments about your lovely your faithful your awesome your lowly detroit tigers (laughs) all that good stuff uh coming up this week so mike let's just jump right in like we always do um the big 10 college football season coming up very quickly here you know, Harbaugh's been making some comments about Urban Meyer now that he's gone. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about dual quarterback systems and having two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. We've got all this all this stuff. stuff, right, going on. Well, Let's just start off here. What you got, my man? Okay, so we're going to go off of what they did last year. We're going to yeah. try to predict a little bit of For what sure. every team's uh, record's going to be. For here. sure, yeah. Um, at the very end, the winner of the East and West, we're going to decide who wins the Big Ten this year. Okay. Right now. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so You guys we'll don't just, even have to watch the season because we're going to tell you right here, right now, exactly what's happening. Okay, so Ohio State last year went 11-1, and one, yep. obviously. We all know. Um, their under-over is 10 and a half yeah. is what they're placed at. Right. So they start the season with an easy non-conference schedule against mm-hmm. FAU, Cincinnati, and Miami, Ohio. Yeah, those are all wins. Um, there are notable games, excluding Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, Penn State, and Wisconsin are all played at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so their toughest road games, I decide, is Michigan or Northwestern mm-hmm. since they were the winner of the West right. last year. Right. So what do you think they go? No, I think I think they do the same thing. Ohio State always has that one loss somewhere. It always occurs in the middle of the season where I was like, oh, Ohio State's dead, right? They get yeah. blown out by Purdue. It just happens, and everybody freaks out, you know, yeah. and every Michigan fan goes, yay, all right, we have a chance. No, I think they're going to win the Big Ten on that side of it. I think Michigan State's defense is probably the only thing that's going to be able to really stop them because that defense, especially if it's healthy, is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that unless, unless for whatever reason, right, Ryan Day is just not the guy. And it's just a total. It's either going to be they're going to be dominant like they've always been, or they're just going to implode. One of the two. I don't see there's much middle room there. I don't think you're, if you're floundering for too long in Ohio State, you're no longer in Ohio State. So yeah. um, I think they're going to be a force like they always are. Yeah. You know. So would you take would, over or under on the? Time I would. And a half? T- I would take over. Honestly, I think they win 11, eleven games. I'd say they win eleven games at minimum. There, it's a good program. The Big Ten is not at the top. It's tight, but in the mi- middle and bottom, it's not. So. Gotcha. 
Um, and I don't think the Michigan beats Ohio State again this year. And right. if that's the case, we have some serious self-evaluation happening. So speaking of Michigan, yeah. we're going to go to Michigan next. Yep. Last year they had a 10-2 and record, yep. and they're under over set at 9.5. Yeah. So to look at their schedule a little bit, mm-hmm. they have a pretty easy uh, two-week opener against mm-hmm. Mid-Tennessee and against Army at home. Uh, their notable road games include Week 3 they play at Wisconsin and Week 7 game. at Penn State. And they play... They play Notre Dame following Penn State at home Ooh. with home games both against, um, and they're both at the same time, like right? Back to back. Yeah, weeks. right. So that, yeah. that six seven Notre Dame Penn State could be a tough. Are they home against Michigan State this year? Uh, yes, they are. They're home against Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're home against Michigan State and against Ohio State. Jeez, that makes that loss to Ohio State this year going to be even more tough to swallow. But yeah, I'd say I'm going to take the over. I still think they win ten games. Okay. I think that's kind of been the mantra so far for for Harbaugh, right? Um. I think they beat Michigan State this year. I don't. I don't. You know, we'll talk about them here in a second. But I like the fact that they have been willing to change the offense. And obviously, here's the deal, guys. I I have been very transparent. I've been very consistent about what I think about Michigan football. I am a Michigan football fan, but I will not, in good conscience, say that they have a chance to beat Ohio State until they beat Ohio State. That's just straight up. You haven't done it never in forever. So I'm not going to come out here and say that Michigan should be beating Ohio State. They should be beating Ohio State, but. They haven't even been competitive with Ohio State outside of the one year. Yeah. So until that happens, I cannot, as as a as a podcaster, as a fan, as an informed fan, and being able to somebody say, you know what, you should look at this how you look at it. I don't I don't trust it. I don't think Trey Patterson's the guy. I don't. I just think they should just hand the keys over to McCaffrey or whoever else because. It, you know what I mean? I felt the same way with Spate, right? Yep. You're too old. You didn't get it done. You, you, useless to me. I think they go 10-2. and two. I think they're going to be in the hunt to the very end. I think they beat Ohio State. But I think that run, Wisconsin, you got Penn State, you got Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. You're losing probably two of those football games. Gotcha. All right, so next we're going to hit Penn State. Yep. They went 9-3 and three last year. Yep. And they're on over a set of eight and a half games. Mm-hmm. Um, they start the season, uh, three-game homestand against Idaho, Buffalo, and Pitt. Yep. But then... It'll be a tough, a tough low key game. You know, yeah. Pat Narduzzi does a hell of a job in Pittsburgh. Just that's just that's just a the game to kind of like yeah. one of those weird games. But anyway, continue. Then I think their toughest part is they have a five to seven in weeks five through seven stretch. They play at Iowa, home against Michigan, then at Michigan State. That's a tough. They're, a they don't tough, escape. They're undefeated yeah. there. There's no way. And then way. their notable week eleven game they play at Ohio. State. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna go under on okay. that. I think their ceiling is probably eight games. They don't have a starting quarterback right now that I can yeah. name. Uh, Trey McSorley obviously not there anymore. Um, I don't. I don't see Penn. I've never seen Penn State as this great dominating force of a team. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they benefited from the Big Ten a couple years ago being down and yeah. teams not rising to expectations, whether that's Ohio State or Michigan or whatever. So even though yeah they got a Big Ten championship, that doesn't say a lot to me. Michigan's beat the living tar out of them the past couple years now. So um, I don't. Yeah, I, I would say that at most it's eight wins, but I'd be shocked. Even I wouldn't be shocked because I don't think James Franklin's that good of a coach. Okay. Uh, so next we're hitting our other Michigan school. Yep. We got Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went seven and five last year. Their under overs is put at seven and a half. Really? That's yep. surprising. So they start with a three game home stand against Tulsa, Western Michigan, and Arizona State. Mm-hmm. They have a tough four Arizona out of five State, game. Don't look up Herm Honestly, Edwards. Though, Herm yeah. Edwards. Seriously. They have a tough four out of five game stretch. So they yeah. play week four at Northwestern. That's and hard. Then Week six at Ohio State, week Ooh. seven at Wisconsin, and then Jeez. week eight they play home against Penn State. Wow! And then they play 
uh, Michigan on the road in Week Ten. Yeah. So that's, I would. That's I think tough. that's why it said it. Seven yeah. and a half is all right. these games right yes. in a row. They have. Yeah, I don't think they escape. I think that this. And I'm going to come on record right now and say I am not a Michigan State fan, but Michigan State's defense has the potential to be the top defense in the country. They legitimately have the option to do that if they if they stay healthy, if they maintain that defense can be legit. Like as good as it was when they made the final four run. That's how good it could be theoretically. So with that being said though, I don't know who's playing quarterback, right? I, I mean even whatever his name, Lewerke was terrible. Rocky was it Macintosh or whatever the guy's name is. Terrible. I you know what I mean? You're gonna have your number one receiver back. I get that. Your running back game has always been strong, right? They've always been able to run the ball. Um, but with the way the schedule is setting up, I don't think they beat Michigan this year. I just don't. Um, I don't think that they beat Ohio State, even though they somehow always manage yeah, to They're at Wisconsin. Skin. Wisconsin I think they can beat. I don't I don't like Wisconsin as much as other people do, okay. but Northwestern's gonna be tough. Arizona State is gonna be a tough non conference game. There's just a lot there. So what is it, seven and a half? Seven and a half. I, I whew, that's tough. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna give them the over, but at eight wins. Okay. But that's it. Like I could, I could see that. That's their top max. I don't think there's just too much yep. uncertainty there right okay. now, especially so on the offensive side of the ball. Continuing in the East, we got Maryland up next. Um, they had a five and seven record last year. They're set at five and a half. Could have beat Ohio State, you jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> they have a possible tough start with home games against Syracuse, mm-hmm. and then a road game against Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, Underrated and then, programs. Yep, and then they end the season in their last four games: home against Michigan, at Ohio State, home against Nebraska, at Michigan State. So those three out of four, they probably maybe Nebraska is that only win out of those four. Yeah. There, and then Syracuse. You said they're five. What's their what's their five and a half? Five and a half. So we'd take over under. On I would say under. I'm probably gonna say five. That's probably what I, I like them at. This team is a it's a younger team. They don't have I, you don't you look at Maryland and you go it looked like they were kind of on the upswing a little bit uh, with uh, DJ Durkin there, but obviously yeah. Durkin's a little crazy. So uh, with that being said, the uncertainty in the coaching, the uncertainty in the fact that you know they, it seems like they always have some pretty good like. Um, uh, you know, skill position players, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the quarterback is never, never really there. there. So I, I'm I'm kind of mad. Going under on that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Especially with other teams. I got other teams going 8, 9, 10 wins. They get, someone's, the loss has got to come somewhere. So <laughs> uh, We got two more teams here. Yeah. So Indiana was 5-7 and seven last year also. Mm-hmm. They're also set 5.5 mm-hmm. as they're under over. Uh, they have an easy first four weeks with, like, Ball State, Eastern Illinois, and UConn. Oh, but they geez. do have... Um, a home game against Ohio State planted there, so that could be an early loss there. And then looking through their schedule, it's not too bad until you hit the Week 10 through 11 where they play at Penn State, home against Michigan, and then their last game is at Michigan State. Yeah. So you're playing a tough I don't like. I don't like Indiana. There. I don't like the way they play football, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know they like to try to establish the run early. They liked a lot of the trickery and stuff like that. I think yeah. their defense plays terrible a lot of the time. You know what I mean? I don't think that, once again, it's one of those situations to where you go – Okay, what what? Give me a reason to be believe in Indiana football. You know, what I mean? so I'm gonna say the under. I'm gonna say maybe five, I'm gonna say like the the, the actually no. Give me the over on that. Okay. They they get six wins because just because those first four games are so easy that it's like you're sub. It's almost yeah, like, like oh you, no, we got you, seven. You start wins, off at seven three wins. and one. Exactly. You can win three probably right. somewhere. Yeah, so exactly. That. So give me six wins, but yeah. that that's five wins. Uh, and our last team is Rutgers. That's no zero, just zero. <laughs> Last year was one eleven. They're set at two and a half. No, well, who's their first four games? Is anybody any? What's who's their non conference? Because it's just going to be. I'm sure it's going to be stupid. So I can just look that give up. me that right now. But, um, you know, yeah, they're set at. A, uh, don't you like where they're set at? Two and a half. 
two and a half. Can you imagine next day opening line? You're the head coach for Rutgers. I mean, granted, you're making money, so you don't really care. But at the same time, you're like, all right, what's our over-under set? Michigan's nine and a half, ten and a half. Ohio State, ten and a half. And then you got Rutgers. Two and a half. Okay, they expect us to win two, two football maybe games. Three maybe games. three football games. There is, I mean, you look at Rutgers. You don't, there's, they have a young coach there. Um, the the program it should never have been in the Big Ten, right? We can all kind of agree on that. You, you can't name a good Rucker since probably what Ray Rice, yeah, you know, probably. since he was there. Um, I, I don't think that they do anything spectacular. So and funny, to, funny to note. So their first game is home against UMass, which okay, okay. Could maybe. then their out of conference schedule is Boston College, yeah. Liberty. And that's it. They yeah, so three, I'm going to so. say they win two games. So I'm going to go take the under. You're going to take the under? I'm going to still take the under. That's that. not a good football team, too. I'm okay. sorry. It's not. So who do you have I remember East this year? Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay. But you know what's crazy, though, is I remember watching when Michigan played Rutgers last year, and they were really touting how good the special teams were of Rutgers. That's how you know you don't do many things. I mean, Grant, I get it. It's the third phase of the game, and it's an important phase of the game. But the fact that the only thing you have to have your, hang your hat on is, well, we've got an above-average special teams. <laughs> we don't do offense well. We don't do defense well. But when we punt it away to you, we get down we're there gonna as fast get, as possible. Yeah, we're going to get to you. If, if we ever get in field goal range, we're going to make it sometimes. Like, that's just rough. But, yeah, I think Ohio State gets it. Like I said, I think it's going to be a dogfight to the very end. I think it could very well come up between Michigan and Ohio State, you know. But as Michigan fans know, and whether you want to hear this or not, I'm going to be very blunt and honest with you when I say that in those big games, and we talked about it just a couple weeks ago, Michigan does not show up. So until you do, and until you do it consistently, I'm not going to believe it. You need to do it one time. You do it one time, everybody been the bandwagon for the next 50 years. We've still been talking about the championship from 1997, for goodness sakes. Like, so come on. Yep. Get it done. But I think Ohio State gets it. Okay. So now we're going to start off in the West. Yep. Got seven teams in the West here. Northwestern, last year was eight and four. Their spread is set at six and a half. Wow. Really? Uh, yep. Uh, they have a tough early shut from weeks three to six. You got home against Michigan State at Wisconsin, home against Ohio State, home mm-hmm. against Iowa. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, just to make it worse, they start the season, week one, like at Stanford. Wow! Yeah, that's so, not that's not good. They're going to take a step. They're always going to take a step back. Right, Northwestern had a hell of a Cinderella type of run last year. I'm going to say the over. I'm going to say seven wins. Probably is okay. probably their max. I don't like going much over that. Over because there's a reason why the line is set to where it's at. Right, yeah. you just look at you know. But at the same time, this side of the Big Ten is so much weaker yep. than the other side. If Michigan was on this side, I'd be like, yeah, Big Ten championship every game. Yeah. Right? But it's not It's not a thing. If Michigan State was over, same thing. But it's not. So you look at this team, you look at Iowa, you look at Northwestern, I mean, and look at Wisconsin. Those are your. Those are the three teams that really have any chance of getting there. Yeah. So, all right, let's keep going. All right, so you got Wisconsin last year was 7-5. and five. Their spread is at 8.5 this mm-hmm. year. Uh, many of their big games are at home this year, which mm-hmm. helps. You got Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Iowa yeah. all at home. Mm-hmm. Your toughest road game is Ohio State, mm-hmm. week eight after traveling to Illinois. So you got a back-to-back road stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you like? I, I, I think I think I'm going to take the over. I think they I think they're going to be the ones to get there. I don't like Wisconsin a ton, but looking once again, looking at that side of it. I don't necessarily think. I mean, Northwestern is what it is. If you're banking on Northwestern making it back to back years, I mean that you you know you have some inside information. Um, and I don't. And Iowa's a team that's like okay, they they always pull up some weird wins, but they never do anything major. So I'm gonna say over. I think they get to nine wins. They run the football extremely well. Um, and that's what's going to get them there, unfortunately. Uh, so Purdue last year was six and six. Mm-hmm. Their spread's at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play a tough 
Uh, TCU week three at home, so that's their tough out of schedule one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play Penn State, Iowa, Northwestern, and Wisconsin on the road, and Northwestern and Wisconsin are back to back road Oof. games. And they stay away from both Michigan teams and Ohio State in their schedule. Well, that's so nice. So they got another three that's in their helpful. schedule. I'm going to say over then just because of that, right? I like what Purdue's doing. The problem is Purdue can't stop anybody. Yeah. So um, I, I I think they're in the right direction probably since the first time since, what, Drew Brees was there. So <laughs> you got to look at it and you go, okay. But um, I think they'll be better than people think. I think they're going to pull an upset win over somebody at some point. Um, just hope it's not anybody that I care about. <laughs> So Iowa uh, last year went eight and four. Their spreads at seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, they play a tough week three game at Iowa State. They're mm-hmm. not home against that one. They play a tough road schedule. They got at Michigan, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Again, Northwestern and Wisconsin are back to backs. Um, and they also have a tough three game series in the middle of the season. That's at Michigan, home against Penn State, home against Purdue. Yeah, so I'm, saying, I'm we, gonna say lower. I'm gonna say seven wins this year. Going with the under. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the under. I think that's there's some ceiling of seven wins. Once again, they tried to run the football really well. They lost Noah Fant. They lost Hawkinson. Um, I know that they're they're a boring team to watch. They're always kind of heavy on the defensive side of the ball as far as being able to keep things low and keep things mm-hmm. um, somewhat. Uh, I would say. Uh, you know, they like to lull people to sleep, yeah. almost. You know, that's the best way of putting that. So I'm going to say the under on that, especially because I think Purdue is going to have a better year. All right. This one might shock you a little bit here. Okay. So we're going Nebraska next. They were 4-8 last year. Scott Frost. And they're yep. under over said 8.5. Wow. And listen to this. So this is what's interesting about this schedule is they have a very early first four games are super easy. They got D2 teams or, or low D1 teams so to play. So four. You got home games against tough teams, including Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Mm-hmm. We're playing the wall at home. Their toughest road game to find is either Purdue or Maryland. Well, it's setting up pretty well for them, yeah. man. So I, I think yeah. their schedule sets up nice, but I don't. I, that's a tough one for me, mm. taking under or over there. So what, it's an eight and a half? Eight and I'm going to say under. And here's the thing. Think, like eight as yeah. an under? Or? Uh, I'm going to say more like seven. And seven, here's why yeah. I say this. I think that the, the competition, I don't think Nebraska is all of a sudden is just going to get wow. Is going to become amazing, yeah. right? I like Scott Frost. I think he's, I think he's going to do a great job for them. You know, he used to play for them at Nebraska. But I don't. I'm also at the same point. You were you were so terrible last year. Yeah. Even with the four easy, I think you pull out three big wins that you know you kind of have something to hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. But you're losing Ohio State. You're probably going to lose at some point to you know a Wisconsin or Northwestern, something like that. Even at home, you're going to have a couple big home losses there. They're going to be like, man, we. It, Nebraska is going to be a team where they're going to go. We had a chance. And we blew it, yeah. as I feel like this that's year. The, that's you know their I mean? season. Next year, you see it, and you go, okay, it's, it kind of lines up, and you're not playing a ton of you know tougher teams. You go, okay, maybe this is the year they can pull a Northwestern and come out of nowhere and go and yeah. get to the Big Ten Championship. All right, so second to last year, we got uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, they were 6-6. Six and six. Their spread's at 6.5. They have an easy first three-game schedule out of conference games. Mm-hmm. They play tough road games, including Purdue, Iowa, and Northwestern, but their toughest game, quote-unquote, you say, is Wisconsin, and they get it at home. Yeah. So um, I, I, P.J. Fleck, you know, at Minnesota, there's just not enough. Win. I mean, that's, you know, that's what kills me, man. Like, this, they, they every team I look at, I go, these are all wins. It's just so hard to predict, you yeah. know, this side of it, just because they're all just average for yeah. me in a lot of ways, right? That's why I wish there would be some sort of balance, like you went back to. But um, I'll say six wins, probably, okay, at so like hard six. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just don't, to me, I understand why there may be some hope for Minnesota fans with the PJ Fleck thing. 
But keep rowing your boat to six wins, because that's where you're going to be. <laughs> and then finally, we're chilling with Illinois. They were 4-8 and eight last ah, year. Is Logan okay. Smith still the coach yep. there? Yeah, with the beard yep. and everything, huh? Uh, their spread set at 4.5. Can, can I choose negative two wins? Um, you might want to choose that after I show you what's going on. <laughs> so they play home games early against Michigan and Wisconsin. Loss, loss. Um, tough late game stretch with road games, including Purdue, Michigan State, and Iowa. Those are all And losses. then they end the season against Northwestern at home. Yeah, I'm going to say one win. Going to one win. One win. So you're taking the under yeah. hard. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Illinois is very good. Okay. <laughs> I don't so think... who out of that would you take out of the West? I'm going to take Wisconsin. You're taking. Wisconsin? I'm going to take Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that's going to be the game. Like I said, uh, once again, I'm torn because I'd love for me as a Michigan fan to say Michigan has the best chance to get out of the other side, but until they do it, I can't in good conscience be that guy and be that fan and say, "Yep, that's who. That's who's going to go yeah. there." So because of that. I have to go Ohio State, and I have to go Wisconsin because, I like I said, Wisconsin got the pedigree. They run the football so well. So well. so well. You know what I mean? Ball security. They maintain the clock. I just like what they do. And who – so you're going to have Ohio State versus Wisconsin in Ohio the Big State Ten Championship? Ohio, Ohio State, State wins. They get there, yeah. All right. Unless they have a quarterback situation where – you know, but every year I say that, right? Like, oh, okay, it's going to be this dude, and he turns out to be a stud, so yeah. it's, it's annoying as hell. But All unfortunately, right. that pains me to say as a Michigan fan, but if I'm being realistic here yeah. – you can't you can't deny they have talent. So yeah. whether you want to admit it or not, they may be cheaters, but they're really good at it. So is what, it is. <laughs> you know what, what it is. Who do you got? Who do you got on each side? Oh, so I think I think I would go Ohio State also. Yeah. But looking through this, mm-hmm. um, I would honestly probably go an Iowa mm-hmm. just to upset. They have a tough road schedule and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think their schedule is not too bad. I think they're probably the best team yeah. on that side. I don't mm-hmm. know Wisconsin's the best team on that side, right. but they have a lot of big home games. Right. They're not going on the road a lot, right. but I, I think Iowa altogether, mm-hmm. I think to me, is the better team, mm-hmm. in which case I would take Iowa. Um, okay, Iowa. you got Ohio State winning the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. God, that sucks so bad. It sucks so bad. I know. I want to try to say, but Michigan. I don't trust Michigan State's offense enough on the mm-hmm. East. I don't trust. Um, I don't trust Penn Michigan's. State. De- I don't trust Michigan's defense. I don't I'm trust, be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, no, I don't trust Michigan's games. defense in big games. Penn State doesn't have the quarterback yet. That I'm like, yes, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Like if Tracy Sorley was still there, I would go. I could teeter on it, but mm-hmm. I don't believe in it yet. Mm-hmm. So, and none of the other teams on that side could even compete against Ohio State exactly. long term. No, exactly. So, no, it's no it's tough. Go it's it, tough, think. right? Because you look at it, and you, it's just. It's a bummer, is really yeah. what it is at the end of the day. It's a bummer. Okay. That's how the Big Ten is. All right, guys, All that's right. going to be it for uh, that. We're going to go to break here because we're running out of time here on our beautiful machine that records our beautiful faces. So we're going to go to break real quick. When we come back, we're going to hit the Madden ratings. We're going to hit Extreme Rules and maybe fit in some of your rule changes. And then we'll see if we got some time for some Tigers talk, okay? Remember, if you're watching this right now, you know we're on YouTube. But if you are listening to this right now and you haven't subscribed, first off, how dare you? Because you need to subscribe to the show. We're on YouTube. Just look us up. I am always right sports podcast. If you're watching us, but you haven't listened to us on your favorite streaming site, if you're in the car right now and thinking about it, or you're on your way to work and you don't have so you're not subscribed to this show, what are you doing with your life? I need you to get on that. I need you to put it together. For Mike's sake, for my sake, for your sake, for I'm your, going insane. For your family's sake, you need to click that subscribe button, okay? Once again, we're gonna hit Madden Ratings, we're gonna hit Extreme Rules, NBA Rule Changes, Tiger Talk, all that after the break. Stick around. Okay, guys, welcome back to part two. This is going to be a three-part episode today, guys. Episode 34 of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. 
I really want to talk about this, Mike. I know we were we were kind of texting back and forth about it. Uh, the Madden 20 is coming out here in a week or so. Uh, we're really hyped about it. We got it on pre-order because we're losers like that. Um, we're ready to go. We're going to master that RPO stuff. But, if anyone um, wants to play us, yeah, exactly. hit us up. Yeah, exactly. We'll yeah, yeah. IARbroadcastmedia at gmail.com if you want to play us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Ramadaika, at Mike Merkel, or at the show at I'm Always Right. PC. And we'll set up a time. Facebook page, all that good stuff. We'll set up a time to take you to Pound Town. But um, I, first, I want to jump on here. There's some couple overall 99 rings, but I want to start off at a little bit of an irritance here. Okay. Like my usual. boy, my <laughs> my boy, Matt Stafford's ranking in Madden this year is what a 78, 79. 79. That's behind such fan favorites as the Red Rocket himself, Andy Dalton. It's behind. The guy who throws, who threw like eight touchdown passes last year, Marcus Mariota, behind guys like Cam Newton, who literally can't throw a football as of this moment. Um, Do you want me to give you them all? No, I don't want to. I don't want to go through everybody because it's going to make me hot all over again. But I will say that I want to ask you this, Mike. Do you think, and Matt Stafford's just one example, right? Um, but do you think that the Lions as a whole were rate, were got a little bit of the short end of the stick? And I get it. We've talked about this at nauseum, where. They're not always going to be. They're not going to be highly rated a lot of times because of Detroit. I get that. I understand. But with that being said, there should be no reason why a Cincinnati Bengal is higher than a Lion. I'm sorry, unless it's AJ Green. It's just not possible. I'm sorry. It's not a thing. So, with that being said, do you think that the Lions overall, like their team rating, some of their big name players, like they got Snacks as our best player at a 95, right? And then Slay, I think, is second at an 89. So, with that being said, do you think there's anything that do you think that there's some guys that should be ranked a little higher? Maybe not just with the Lions, but just in general. There's somebody where you're just like, come on, man. That's way too high. I definitely... Okay, so I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I didn't actually go super in-depth in it yeah, when we were sure. actually initially talking about it. Yeah. But just kind of going through, like... I'm just gonna throw you. Out. Did you look at all of them? And you know, I looked at I looked at quite a few. Them? Yeah, I kind of. So did I'm just a... gonna throw you some out that kind of shocked me initially as I look. Like a Frank Ragnall is a 79. Right. Deshaun Hand is 79. Right. Um, we can go through. Matt Prater's only a 77. What? Quandre Diggs is a 77. Right. And like some of these, I get like the line for the most part I got because our line's not very good. Jerry Davis actually downgraded from last year. Now he's a 72. He was originally a 75 last year. Right. Um, so that part of it, I think they kind of underhanded, but at the same time, they go off of um, real life stats. Yeah. And when you looked at some of these guys, I'm not going to say that's like a general consensus of no, all of our sure. guys. No, for sure. But guys like Jerry Davis. Right. You know, didn't like missed a lot of tackles last right. year and stuff, and that really puts a ding. And when when tackling's your biggest thing for a middle linebacker, and you mm-hmm. miss a lot of tackles, then you go, right. yeah, you got to move him down. Mm-hmm. That's why guys like Bobby Wagner got ninety nine because he only missed one tackle the entire season last year right. when he was there. So um, I think we're, I would say as a whole, we're a little lower than what yeah. I would think. But at the same time, some of these guys, I'm like, like Theo Riddick at seventy seven, I'm like. Probably. Yeah, right. I mean, right. they rated our, like, TJ Hawkinson 77. I think he's, like, the third highest um, rookie. rookie there. Right. And I'm like, they, get, yeah, they did yeah, some I mean, guys' I, favors yeah, and some guys are like... That's what's weird. It's just, like, there's, like, such a drastic, like, difference. And we just watched a video recently about how they kind of reformulated how they did all the stats and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I get that and I appreciate the effort. But some guys, I'm like, I think we're going just a little bit based off of name value here. Yeah. Less about, you know, like true statistics sometimes you know what i mean like i get yeah. it like got like my boy stafford obviously had a down year last year but even last year he threw th- 30 plus touchdowns two years ago 
and yeah. he was still an the 80. The problem with you know that what I mean? is they take the initial last year and put it into the game right. to make it like the most realistic, like they're taking the most recent right. one because they come out every year. Right. So having down years like that, guys just like have a big drop-off. Except for Rodgers, he misses the whole year. And yeah, well, th- well, they take your last time you play. That's that's the annoying I'm, part. But, but that's what I'm saying. My yeah. point being is that, like, okay, but if you're hurt, okay, then, okay, you should have an injury-prone thing. I'm just saying, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty, then I'm, I'm going to flip this table. I'm so irritated by it. Um, is there anybody rated too high? Not Maybe not in the Lions, but just in general. Is there, like, a couple players where you go, really? Like, listen, like some of the bigger names that you've seen that, like, like I don't necessarily agree with all the 99s. I don't at all. You know what I mean? Like, I think some of the guys are like, really? Like, he's a 99. He is that great of a player to where nothing can stop him. Like, there's just nothing. Well, I would say, I think DeAndre Hopkins, even though he's probably easily has, like, the best catching Mm -hmm. in the NFL right now, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I would be like, yes, he's, like, the best player in the league. I don't think he's the best receiver in the league. No, I know. That's honest with you. When you look at top threes, people go, like, Julio, Antonio, and then maybe he's a three, or maybe mm-hmm. like AJ's a three, or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's fantastic. They, they haven't rated five. over both of them, even though yeah. they're both 98s and he's a 99. Right. I don't know about that, but I would agree with like Khalil Mack and stuff. Khalil Mack, I think, is the only one I think you can justifiably, based I, off I, of last year, yeah, say he's a 99. He's the only one. Yeah. He's the well, only one. And Brady, but Brady's. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, that's that's the thing, though, right? Is that a guy like Tom Brady, I think, is hard for video games to kind of capture what yeah. he does best a lot of times. The intangibles about Tom Brady are what make him so great. It's Which not is necessarily why his athletic I guess we're ability. big into the game yeah. now is these X abilities or these yeah. X factor abilities mm-hmm. are going to be so crucial to the game now. Right. Because before, like, say you're playing Man 19, mm-hmm. when you're when we're drafting a team and you have Brady or Deshaun Watson. You're taking Deshaun Watson. You're taking Deshaun Watson because of the speed value because right. you find no value in Tom Brady being you're able to throw. But now with these X-Factor abilities and now, like, you're going to be able to know who's open yes. based on coverages and stuff. Yes. And, like, apparently the button gets bigger yes. as, like, as he gets open because it's Brady's ability. Right. Now you go, okay. that's, that's way better for me to have because right. now I can quick throw it if that's your thing. Quick throwing and now you know who's open. I think yeah. that for sure. everything bounces sure. out now. So, I mean, it's safe to say you're excited for this year's game. Yeah. Right? Like, what's the one thing, I guess, for, you know, because a lot of us here who play sports obviously play Madden. And same thing with 2K or NHL or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's one thing that you're, like, you're super stoked about as far as this game comes comes out here in a couple weeks? I mean, just as a generalization, something yeah. that I can actually play because yeah. I haven't really been playing anything because yeah. nothing really good has come out recently. Mm-hmm. And then they all just pack everything in at the end of September. Um, <laughs> Um, but that. just in, for the, for the game standard, yeah. I think adding in RPOs and they've added in multiple different playbooks and plays themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of like bluff plays where you can it's a running play, but you can check out of it and right. during mid play and throw the ball. I right. think stuff like that's gonna be so effective. Mm-hmm. And once you figure out how to use it like right. to the best of its ability, correct. I think you're gonna be like almost taking over the world. Yeah. I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be really it's gonna be a very fun. It's game, gonna be really, anything. really, really fun. So I think at least the initial month or two of learning how to do everything is gonna be gonna frustrating be a, as hell. Yes. Yeah. Well, no it's a fun. Time. Well, that's why we're pre-ordering though, so we get a three-day advantage. <laughs> Unless you're Robin, have to work every morning. Uh, yeah. Don't tell. Don't remind me. I can maybe convince my boss. Be like, bro, I'm sick. Like, come on. It's madness. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. Let's shift now away from the football world a little bit. Let's go. Let's go to the squared circle here. Extreme rules. 
last week, right? Uh, we didn't do any preview for it or anything like that at the time. I didn't really see any need to, let's be real. Um, the first thing I want to start right off with it, right, because I know Mike was pretty hot about it. Like I was about Stafford's Madden rating. That's how Mike was about Brock Lesnar <laughs> winning the Universal Championship, cashing in on Seth Rollins. Uh, after the main event, Seth and Becky retain. Then Brock comes out and kills him. Um, in 13 seconds. Thoughts on Brock once again being your reigning defending undisputed universal <laughs> champion. <laughs> well, I did cancel my subscription right after it happened. See, that's a drastic so that that's a, a reaction right there, folks. Like if you want if you want how mad and Mike doesn't usually Mike only gets heated about like one or two things. What to eat for what to eat and then if something goes bad in a video game, right? So yeah. the fact that Mike had that visceral reaction to Brock Lesnar becoming champion again, I think should say something about what just happened? <laughs> no, it was it was rough. Like I heard the music and I went and I almost <sighs> just turned it off because I knew it was happening. Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't make any sense because if you're gonna do it, you could have done it like three months ago and mm-hmm. it made it sense when it was supposed to be done. But whatever, um, it's awful, and I hope he loses <laughs> it within the next like three days. So it's awful, and I don't like it. <laughs> There's just no like value to it. Yeah, like, I think it, if he's it, gonna be around a little bit more and everything else for how much everyone like doesn't like that he keeps winning it i don't know how it's still such a big draw for like everyone to watch it right you know right. what i mean like there's so much like hate toward it like people were like not watching until he lost it right. like everyone was like i think ron's gonna win at mania that's why so many people watch mania to watch him lose it maybe that's the thing to watch maybe they want to watch him lose it well i think that's not my thing i don't want to watch it i think there's a certain appeal to like when jbl was champion right no four no five he it was like man i just want to watch this because i want to see somebody finally kick his ass yeah. and win it, right? And he somehow managed to escape all the time. Brock's different, though, because Brock, there's never any fear he's going to lose it until, like, oh, he's definitely going to lose it now. Yeah. Like, he's no longer going to be Like, there's here. no challenger that's, like, right. they can take him. That's why I wasn't really like a fan Rollins of Rollins winning the Battle Royal. I would have rather seen somebody else win oh, the Battle Royal so, because yeah. I'm like, well, then what the hell? Then why even do the title change? But uh, we'll, get, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, thoughts on the Extreme Rules show as a whole – Compared to what we saw a couple days before that with the AEW show and even the Evolve WWE NXT combination show. Uh-oh. I mean, where does this rank? Is it two? Is it three? Is it somehow one? But take out maybe That's... take out the Universal Man, the last five minutes of the show and, you know, rank the rest. Because I did not think this was a terrible show, but I also wasn't like, holy crap. That was I mean, amazing. I thought there were definitely a lot of bad parts to it. Mm-hmm. I'd probably rank it at two. Right above the Evolve show. Okay. Um, even though I think still, out of the entire totality of the weekend, the Austin Theory match is probably the best match of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that couldn't save it to being. Yeah, I I, show. I recently rewatched the Evolve show, and I'm kind of with you on that. I thought yeah. the Riddle match was just, was good, not yeah. great, and I thought yeah, right. Continue, sorry. But yeah, so <laughs> like I'm like in totality that single match I think yeah. was the best match, mm-hmm. but as a card itself. I think this is the second best card next to the AEW card. Mm-hmm. And literally solely because of, like, the end two matches AEW had and, like, kind of the start it had, mm-hmm. um, it beats it. I just, Nothing on this show just, like, sprung out to me except, like, Lesnar. Yeah. No, uh, for, was sure. Like, wow, for sure. Wow, this is, like, I thought that, Yeah, I thought there was some good action. I, I definitely saw a change, right? I enjoyed the fact, not necessarily the match, but I like the fact that Shinsuke is the Intercontinental Champion on the pre-show. I thought that match should have been on the actual show if you were going to put it somewhere. Um, I enjoyed the tag match between the Revival and the Usos. I thought they always do great work. I'm yeah. such a huge Uso guy. Um, I enjoyed... I, I mean, the only thing... Here's the one thing that I'm already starting to kind of get bummed out about. 
um, when it comes to these kind of shows is that is the WWE Championship right now means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And this is not a reflection on Kofi Kingston, the wrestler, but Kofi Kingston is a tag team wrestler holding the world championship. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling right now. It, when it first happened, it was a huge moment, right? It was a great thing. But he's he's beaten now guys like Samoa Joe and Dolph, you know what I mean? Daniel and, and seven D- times. Yeah, right. So I'm just kind of like, uh, at this point, you've yet to put a challenger in front of him where I go, yeah, he's going to beat him. Be, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go with Kevin Owens as champion again at some point after he does the Shane McMahon thing, I'm cool. But, like, he's a tag team wrestler who just happens to hold the world championship. He is not a world champion guy that happens to have an entourage of dudes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I, that, and I guess this goes to my next point, are you seeing any improvements overall with the product we talked a couple weeks ago about how paul Heyman, eric bischoff coming in as like the creative directors or whatever even though they haven't really done a ton but they've been starting to whatever that means um are you even noticing even slight changes in the programming as far as raw or smackdown goes to make it more watchable more entertaining something to make you go okay maybe we're seeing something I, I like different i, I want to see their i want to say they're trying yeah. but i don't know if i see any difference yeah that might help that i only watch like one raw a month so mm-hmm. i don't really just notice every little detail that changes um but i just don't like Kingston, Samoa Joe, and all these, like, rematches, or, like, like you would think AJ and Ricochet would be amazing, and it was kind of just, like... It's okay. It was okay. It, yeah. it was how, like, Shinsuke AJ was at WrestleMania a few years ago, when it was built up to be, like, wow, these two guys... This is gonna be phenomenal. Phenomenal, and it was just kind of, like, Because we man. knew the potential. It could be phenomenal. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Yeah. Right. So, I want to say there's change, and there's, like, slight changes, but mm-hmm. it's not enough to really go... Wow, it's getting better. I think it's still stagnant. Now. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I like. I'm enjoying the fact that they're they're trying to make some fresh, you know, some fresh matchups. You know, especially on the undercard, right? Ricochet getting that little bit of the push. I think they're just killing other dudes. Like Drew McIntyre is being wasted right now. I think Samoa Joe is being wasted mm-hmm. right now. Um, I thought Ricochet winning the United States Championship was had no purpose whatsoever. Nope. He, he had no reason for. For him to win it, other just to turn AJ heel, and I'm cool that the club is back. Awesome if they're going to be awesome and they're going to be this dominant force like they've always should have been for the past five years. Then awesome. I don't think it's going to happen though. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of like, oh maybe, and then it's just like, it dies uh, out. Yeah, yeah, you get you get me all excited just to kind of, you know, tear away my dreams. So yeah. it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Is like SummerSlam is coming up right right around the corner, right? Um, we're using your account to watch it. Yeah, we might we gotta have to. I guess I guess you're coming over to my house and we're gonna watch because, oh boy! But, <laughs> um, but is there any, is SummerSlam even on your radar at all right no. now? No, not, not even a little bit. I, no. I'm not even gonna. I don't even know. Not even to watch Bray Wyatt slaughter no. Ballard in about seven seconds. <laughs> not even. No, no. I'm trying to even think. Let's see. There's Bailey and Ember Moon. That would be an amazing match on like NXT. Yeah, but the main they're gonna get six seconds. Be, yeah, they're but, six minutes. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins again, and that's okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Either Rollins gonna be built up in two weeks to be the guy who can beat him, or Lesnar's just gonna kill him in six seconds, like mm-hmm. you've seen him five years ago. Yep. And then I think there's one more match I can't think of right now. So as of the card stands right now, not really, and I don't know what they can add to make me go wait. I gotta oh, watch it's that. Oh, Becky Natalia too. Oh yeah, Becky Natalia. Yeah. So yeah. how did you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, come on. How did you not know that? I mean, right? It only took you a minute well, to figure it out. Well, it's Kevin Owens, and I think Shane is going to wind up being one, yeah. too. Which so, like, Kevin I don't, Owens I don't should think be there's... Shane McMahon and seven. Here's the thing about these shows that always kills me. This is a side note before we go back to break. But is you look at these shows and you go, okay, that's going to get six minutes. That's going to get seven. And then you got, you got some of these matches where it's like, you're going to have 55 matches on this card, but they're all going to go four minutes long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Shane Kevin Owens should go, and I kid you not, three minutes. Yeah. It should be punch, 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 stunner, stunner, pin. That's how fast that match should go, yeah. and Kevin Owens should win. That's exactly how it should go. Is it going to go like that, though? No. No. Shane's going to have to jump off something. He's going to almost win. There's going to be interference galore, whatever. You know what I mean? So yes. It's just, man. But, so, uh, is there anything they could add to make you want to watch it more? Um, or, I, I kind of was, I was a little bit intrigued with The Undertaker coming back and possibly doing a thing with Drew McIntyre. Not because of the quality of the match. However, as I've said previously on the show, I don't know if you guys know this yet about this, but I'm very consistent in my in my way of thinking most times. Okay. So, I've been very high on Drew McIntyre ever since he got brought back. Yeah. And I thought a match with The Undertaker and Drew McIntyre really beating the living dog crap out of The Undertaker and making Drew McIntyre look like an unstoppable force that should not lose for, like, the next two years is, like, the next thing. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that could have been something. I thought Bray Wyatt coming back, doing the whole new gimmick. I know he's going to run through Ballard, which is not the guy I would have picked to have him destroy. But regardless, the new gimmick, I think, is the only thing that people are even remotely interested in right now as far as Raw goes. So with those two things in mind, like, Becky's cooled off a ton and that's the only problem that they're combating, I think, WWE, is I think Rollins was so much hotter chasing the championship rather than actually having it. So, And when you book him against Baron Corbin six times, that also doesn't help your cause. So it's easy. I think that's what they're trying to do is recreate that magic a little bit with the hunt again on the way to SummerSlam in order to kind of be like, all right, is Rollins going to do it one more time? Is he going to finally be able to do it for good? And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they're trying to recapture some of that magic. I just don't know if it's going to work. All right. That's fair. After the break, we got NBA rule changes, including the coaches' challenge. I think is going to do a whole bunch of good and a whole bunch of bad all at the same time. I'm really excited for it. And we're also going to talk at the end of the show, Ron Gardenhire talking about how this Tigers team makes him want to have a stroke. All that good stuff coming up after the break. Stick around. You know what really? You know what makes me upset, Mike? Um, what's that? It's when people don't subscribe to the show. Really? I had a dream about that last really? night. Really? Yeah. You know what's crazy? It's because like, we're putting all this great content out there, but it seems like a lot of people aren't getting it. You know what I mean? I kind of I have the same vibe as you right now. You know? I, yeah. feel like, I feel like maybe if they followed us on Twitter or on Facebook. Or even Instagram. Or Instagram, right? You know? Like, I get so many people reaching out to us saying, like, I want a shot at the championship, but they don't want to subscribe. How can they... Know who's the champion every week if they don't subscribe to yeah, the show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're like the YouTube videos. Yeah. So who are they gonna challenge? Yeah, I mean, they we were consistent. We go live every Wednesday. Yeah. And we're live every Monday too. I mean, it's 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 perfect. You think, right? Yeah. I mean, what better way if you're a Detroit sports fan to get all the best sports knowledge every single week than our show? I can't even think of one. I, I don't get it either, honestly, guys. I don't know what I don't know what's going on, but if you're listening to this right now and you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Go subscribe. Okay, and we're back with part three. I mean, I mean, what else can we give you guys? I mean, a breakdown of the Big Ten stuff. We got Extreme Rules. We got Madden Rain. We're talking video game. We're talking everything this yeah. week, man. Absolutely everything, except for hockey. But that's fine. <laughs> what about that Wimbledon game? Though? <laughs> yeah, it went five sports. Hours. Go sports. Um, 
All right, let's jump onto the hardwood here just for a little bit. I wanted to talk about this a couple weeks ago, but we just couldn't fit in due to some time constraints and just because there are some better topics. But um, the NBA rule has kind of passed a couple rule changes, and the one I really want to focus on here is the coach's challenge, right? We've seen it in baseball. We've seen it now in football. Um, pretty much in movie trivia schmodown, you have a challenge, for goodness sakes. But... Here is the first time where, the, where coaches are going to finally be able to kind of say, wait, hold on, you know, and I don't know. They don't have a flag, right? They have like a what hand you, raise or something. Like, what, how, how are you going to know wait, when? Maybe they'll like grab one of their players and like throw them on the court. Yeah, or, like spill exactly. water. Yeah. Like Jason Kidd did. Oh, there you go. And then like they'll like slip and then someone will get hurt. And then while like you're in a timeout to clean the water up or like right. break the guy or like the guy tears his ACL and then you're like, oh, I got to get someone out here. You go, hey, we need a challenge. We went, we went down a path there for a second. That was like a good like whole arc. That was like a beginning, middle, and end for the whole guy's career. I know. Player X. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Mike, I want to ask you, you're a big NBA guy, obviously. Okay. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this coach's challenge thing, I guess, is the best way of putting that. Okay. You know what I mean? Because we haven't seen it being put into action yet or anything like that. So what what are your thoughts on, on that becoming a thing? And is it going to help the game at all? I mean, it will, but at the same time, basketball is so subjective. Subjective, kind of like like a charge. Yeah. You want to go, okay, so I want to challenge because I think he charged, right. and they think it's a blocking foul. But then, like, it's so like you don't know if you're gonna win because it's not it's not a clear as day. Like holding in the NFL or pass interference, all this stuff in the NFL is so yeah. like you grab the outside jersey. There you go. Except for a catch. The only Except thing that's for not a catch. Dry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or sometimes even getting a touchdown, you don't even know. Yeah, that's true too. All right, was he a runner? Was he not a runner? All right, yeah, sorry. Whatever. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Football. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I just, I don't know. In basketball, it's like, there are rules that like, you have to be outside the um, blocking area or mm-hmm. the charge area, whatever they call it. Yeah. And you have to be in a certain spot and you have to be stationary, blah, blah, blah. But when you go super, super, super slow motion and he's like walking into position, right. they're going to be like, oh, he walked into position when actually he was there for like eight seconds. Right. So I think it's going to be very tough. And it's, I don't think it's going to do that much good. Right. I think the problem, I think this is a, a reaction to the amount of star players, the amount of, of amount of coaches being ejected, and the amount of flagrant fouls being called, and, you know, the poor sportsmanship being happening. You know, like, guys like Durant, you know, and, and Harden, and a lot of these guys were just, every time anybody touched them, they touched them. They're like, what's going on? And it's, it's just a big hoopla, right? Yeah. So... I think this is an overreaction to something that I don't think it nearly... I think if... I do agree that officiating needs to be more consistent, right? But I don't think necessarily this is going to help the game. I don't think it's going to achieve the result that people think it's going to achieve. And they have the same problem almost football does, where there's holding at every single play. Exactly, just whether you you see it or not. Yeah, when you drive to the lane... You you get touched no matter what. Right. It's it's just almost like how severe is it? Well, it depends on if you make the shot or not. Is what and that too. <laughs> like so, like LeBron go like drives the lane. Yeah. Obviously, he's so good at it and everything that like even if you like hit him on the arm, sometimes it doesn't look like it, but they actually do. Mm-hmm. So that's why you always go. Well, he followed me, but they're like, did he really follow you though? You're right. like six nine and seven hundred pounds. Like obviously, <laughs> you can drive the lane. Whereas like in the NFL, some guys like holding him just a little bit on the side, and me and you go. 
that was a hold, right. but obviously they're just like, right. but yeah. he didn't really like hold them. Like it was just kind of like a grab or something. Like mm-hmm. so, like I feel like all that stuff just like so hard to do, especially in real time. Like too. fair, yeah, and in real time. It's right. like so I, hard I, to, do you think that this is going to improve the overall quality of officiating, though? Do you think that okay, we're heavily scrutinized, right? We're kind of under the microscope, so everything we do is now that. Mu- I mean, because let's be real here, we've seen games. I would take that Piston series, for example, yeah, especially Game 4, where Giannis went to the line literally 37 times. Yeah. You know, and so I think that I, I don't know whether that's going to prove it or not, but officiating does take a toll, you know what I mean? It does. And some of these foul calls, especially for star players, do you think it's going to maybe, it, you're kind of already, you already said no, it isn't going to help, but do you think maybe it's going to dwindle the amount of star player treatment towards this, right? Do you think like, all right, so let's say I'm, you know, Langston Galloway, all right? So I'm trying to find a name that nobody cares about. No offense. Um, and I foul James Harden, right? Or I get called for a foul. Yeah. But in reality, he was a charge against me or whatever, yeah. right? Do you think that's going to help at least somewhat kind of balance it a little bit to where it's like, okay, yeah, but you're fouling just as much as Joe Schmo and you're James Harden or you're Chris Paul or See, Westbrook I actually or think the opposite because I think there are going to be some times where, say, and I'm going to use LeBron because yeah. he's usually the most, like, well, he's the best player yeah, in the world. Yeah, for the so. best player, and usually stuff usually revolves around him for some reason. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, in love with him. You're yeah, I, also I, I have a lot of ex- <laughs> experience in this. So like, also Brady though, I have to say. Yeah. Um, so like, say like it's a charge, and so he's like there, and they run into him, and then they call blocking or something. Mm-hmm. I think there's instances where they'll go to review, like they'll challenge, they'll review it, mm-hmm. and then they'll overturn it for his way. Mm-hmm. So I don't I as you say as right. well maybe like someone like a Langston Gallery might just get the benefit of some calls and stuff maybe right. I think it could go reverse and go well now we can just right. get stars even more like if we miss one right. on a star now we can go I, now we I can fix this, it in that I think favor. this is going to be the most prevalent in the playoffs right where calls are such at a premium where everybody is claiming for everything all yeah. the time right I do think it's going to slow the game down a little bit it will. you know what I mean uh, but here's well slow. here's the thing I will say this. If everything can be somewhat reviewed and it's going to kind of put that microscope even more on officiating, I do think that they will be a little bit more hesitant probably to, to call a whistle, right? Yeah. Because you can't can't argue, you can't review something that wasn't called. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that in some instances it may you know go like, okay, maybe we don't blow the whistle on that because we don't know for sure. Yeah. So instead of having maybe that, and it's stars versus stars at the end of the day and when it comes to playoffs. So... Maybe that'll kind of help level the playing field. So, like a guy who, a guy like um, like Harden, right, where he jumps into a guy while he's shooting, right? Maybe I don't blow the whistle every freaking time he shoots the damn basketball because you know what I mean. Well, that was probably a series that. that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that, well, that's the problem because well, when you do it and you try to use it to your advantage, then people yeah. go, well, okay, well, you're what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know what I mean. So I just think that. I, I do agree with you. I think that's some of the signs. But I also think maybe it can help just a little bit maybe check some people's egos at the door and be like, you're not as clean yeah. as you thought you were. And oh, I think yeah. it maybe will help with like the amount of complaining that comes out of every game. Maybe. You know what I mean? With like, we reviewed it and we all looked at it and it's it's all coming from a central place. Yeah. So it's unbiased opinion, hopefully. I was going to say you unbiased. Know, hopefully. Big hopefully. Strong, you know what I mean? But I, I, I mean, I can hope, right? All right. Last topic of the episode, Ron Gardenhire, Detroit Tigers, your fan favorites. Um, basically, Ron, Gard- Ron Gardenhire sorry, came out and said that this, this season with this Detroit Tigers team has been his hardest yet. I put on our show sheet, I put shocker question mark. And more as a joke, but I guess I'll ask you anyway. Are you surprised by that? 
Oh, I guess if you want to say just of his career, because he no, coached no. the Twins for a long time and they were terrible. But, but yeah, but like if you, I guess yeah, in that, in yeah. that point of view, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like trying to like make a team good, this might actually be his hardest. Yeah, because this team is so bad. There's no that, like, talent. There's literally no talent anywhere. Yeah. So like trying to make them good, and any talent you like, have, you're trying to give away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you get like. Uh, Matthew Boyd, like right. he's like becoming a decent pitcher, yeah. and now they're like, oh wait, we want to trade him now. Yeah, we and need you're to like, you're him. like, well, well we I just to. developed him. Yeah, we need and to now trade he's him. Right. Traded. So yeah. like all these guys that he's like developing that might be at least decent to good players. Now they're trading away. Yeah. I feel like yeah, this is probably, no, I think like, so too. I mean, like I said, he, he served over several hard years as the Twins manager, but once again, I think that's why he was brought here too. Was okay, we're not going to be very good, so I need to develop young talent, right? And the talent that we're not going to trade away, the talent that we need to be our future, we need to teach them solid fundamental baseball so we can build upon that yeah. going forward um i'm gonna ask you though as a fan um do are do you think that tigers fans are being patient enough with this rebuild right there was a stu- there was a study out there i think that was like we've dropped like 41 percent in attendance and stuff like that for the tigers mm-hmm. um obviously the fan base is dwindling by the minute the more they lose so I do think the Tigers fans, if you're truly a fan, and we're not talking to the bandwagon fans because we don't have time for you, but the true fans of a sport, true fans of a team, right, do you think that they need to be more patient with this rebuild? Because theoretically, you're really only in, like, year two of, like, a full-on teardown rebuild. Yeah, see, my problem with this is I think – you almost you're in the worst time to be bad yeah. because everybody else is also bad. Well, not, not even that, but like baseball as a whole is kind of almost I'm not gonna say dying out, but it's, hard. A, it's, it's hard. a lot less prevalent around. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. any sports station you go to talks football, basketball, right? Sometimes hockey when it's like good stuff, yeah. The playoffs, and then like baseball is usually like the fourth one that they talk. They even talk about that soccer and like <laughs> stuff like that over it. Yeah. So now you're like. And now that you're being bad, now no one's like, well, now I like baseball. Yep. And I like the Tigers. That's like a bad one-two punch there almost. Yes. So now I think people are just like leaving baseball as a whole now if you're right. just a Tigers fan. Right. Now, which is now bad for the team because now attendance is down and now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard to get those fans back. Even when you become good, you're going to be like, hey, we're good again. It's like, but I don't really care about baseball now. Yeah. Like right. I think that's the problem right. we're running into now. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it, right? I think I think fans I do need to be a little bit more right. patient with this. They need they to understand. I do think, though, I think it's hard for Detroit fans too because – it feels like almost everybody's going through a rebuild right now. The Wings are going through a rebuild. Yeah. The Pistons are kind of floating. The Lions are kind of floating right now. But See, that's a pessimistic way to think about it. Yeah. If you're optimistic, you go, but wait, in three or four years, all right. these teams should be Better. top-tier right. playoff teams. Right, if not, they should be tearing it down. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think that there needs to be a little bit more patience. I do think that everybody likes the thought of a rebuild until the rebuild actually happens, and then you're like, oh, wait, that requires us to suck for three or four years? Oh, I don't want that, though. I want to still be good, but I also want to get better and younger and yeah. faster. You know what I mean? It doesn't It doesn't work that way, folks, unfortunately. Unless you're the Yankees. Yeah, but at the same time, you're not a big market here. We're not a big market. That's why when, when it, we win a championship here, it means more than it does in New York, right? Is because of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um do you th- what do you want to see though? Is there anything else you want to see going forward? Do you want to see these trades happen? Do you want to see as much as we can get, you know, as fast as possible? Yeah, I'm do you kinda, want to see everybody just get brought up and say, let's just do it. I'm just kinda done with the season at this point. So yeah, I'm just kinda I'm with just you, like, sure. I'm just kinda like scrap it almost. Like yeah. the season didn't happen and just like do what you can next year, I guess. There's mm-hmm. not a lot you can do now. You can try to truly Matthew Boyd, you can try to do this, you can try yeah. to move guys around, but at the end of the day, you're like the second or worst team in baseball now, officially. So yeah. I think it's just kind of like a dud season, like we knew it was going to be, and just 
Move on to next year. Just focus on the future. Focus now. on the future. Focus on the That's future. That's all you have now. Yeah, pretty like much. Like once the Lions go like in a year in the years where the Lions only win like four games. After mm-hmm. like they win two and they have like three left, you're like, all right, just focus to next year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just one of those scenarios where it's just like you have no chance why win those end games, even though they beat the Packers this year. Why? Um just look at the end game. Totally worth it. <laughs> Could have got Josh Allen. Just look at the future. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Just look at the future. Yeah. No, I'm with you, you for sure. Shade. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. You know that never happens, though. You know that. Um, yeah, but, but just look at Josh Allen. Yeah, and then that's all we needed. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Packers. By the time they play us, I will have not beaten the Lions in like a thousand days or something like that. Isn't yeah, that crazy? and then they're gonna be this. Isn't, that, isn't that crazy though? Yeah. Like just think about that for is a second. Two straight there? years. Yeah, it's been two, two straight two years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it like that. But anyway, it's it's fun and you know yeah. I hate Aaron Rodgers. It's funny about <laughs> If Aaron Rodgers was hurt, would you be okay with Packers beating us? Just to get Josh Allen? In hindsight, 2020. Wait, let's say if Stafford, If Stafford didn't play, then yes, I'd be okay with it. Because it has, because you know why? Because it's the only thing, because everyone cares so much about quarterback wins, which is not a stat, and I will continue to say that for as long as I live, it's not a stat. So the fact that, like, if they lost to that, it's just one more thing, well, I couldn't even beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. So at least if Stafford also didn't play, I'd go, okay, well, I, we had, you know, what's his nuts? Matt Castle playing against Let's whoever. See. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So I, then well, I would have been, then I would have been like, all, all right, those whatever. fans that are big fans of QB sets also wanted Josh Allen, and that's the reason we did get Josh Allen. So all those people, right? But that's what I'm saying, though, right? So like that to me, you go and you say, all right, yes, should we have? Yeah, we probably, should, you know. But the whatever. The point being is that if if Stafford plays well and they lose, right? It's Stafford's fault still, and we can't even beat the Packers without him. But if they don't win. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those you yeah. lose either way. So if Stafford was out and we knew the back injury was as serious as it was and he just didn't play, mm-hmm. even though he would have got shredded for not playing, um, I, I would have been like, all right, well, we lost the Packers. It doesn't matter anyway. You know what I mean? But once again, nobody knew Josh Allen was going to fall to eight anyway, so or seven, seven. or whatever. We it's fine. Five, but... Whatever. Okay? Just calm it's it down. Fine. It's fine. So Listen, T.J. Hawkinson's going to be the man. Yeah, let's pick T.J. Hawkinson over Josh Allen now, guys. All right, he didn't. We I mean, didn't pick. We didn't pick him over Josh Allen. I know, but we should have got Josh Allen. Okay, I I'm understand. I, you're fine. It's gonna be okay. He's gonna go to Jacksonville. His career is gonna be floundering. It's gonna be fine. You know, okay? you know, Stafford has a better record or a better overall than Nick Foles. Not going back to Madden. Did you see? Does that? he? Yeah. Good. Even though Nick Foles is a Super Bowl champion. Well, that's great. So is Eli. Eli's what fifty? Yeah, but he's also <laughs> forty-eight years old. I don't care. It doesn't matter. That's the, that's the part that kills me, man. It's, it, it's stupid. Anyway, all right. We're getting off track here. We should have ended the episode 20 minutes ago. I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Really it's all good. All right, guys. That's going to be it for episode 34. Uh, tune in next week, hopefully, and we'll be back in town. I'm not sure. Do you know her schedule? I don't even know her. We're engaged. I'm going to mar- marry this woman, and I don't even know her schedule. Um, Is she, she going to be back? You think she'll be back next Probably weekend? Not. Probably not. She sucks. All right. Anyway, guys, that's going to be it for episode 34 for the Merc Zone. Yeah. I am the Mouth of Michigan. We will see you guys, as always, next time.